0: Don't want to oversimplify things, but if you can find a cause and how it leads to an effect, does that mean that you can treat it? meaning if you know what is causing it, then can you stop that problem from existing? Well, let's look into this as it relates to bipolar disorder, depression, those sorts of issues. And we're visiting right now with a couple of people who have written a paper in the area of psychiatry and they are based here at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine in the school in the Department, excuse me, of psychiatry. Joining us right now in the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, Dr. Roy Chengapa and also Dr. Jessica Gannon. And doctors, it is wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you for making time for us. Thank you, Thank you, Rick. Thanks for inviting us. Dr. Chingapa, I want to start with you first of all, and I want to say that I, I think that it is um, a misnomer for people, at least in the general public, that they see bipolar disorder and they immediately jump then to depression. Are those two interchangeable terms? Are they the same thing? We think of
1: them as two separate disorders, you know because uh, i think bipolar disorder is defined by having mania and in depression uh typically you don't have mania so people who never have mania but only depression either just one episode or multiple you know so, but on the other hand people with bipolar illness mostly suffer from depression though the mania is common to the public it's used in the english language and known in the literature, that kind of thing. But they're two different
0: disorders. Okay, thank you. So we need to at least start there from an understanding not to use them interchangeably and think that we know where they are. Dr. Gannon, for you, when we're looking at insulin sensitivity, when we're improving that insulin sensitivity as it relates to a treatment of bipolar disorder, Typically, how would bipolar have been treated before? Would it have been with some sort of chemical, some sort of drug, and, and as opposed to looking at what's happening physiologically within the human body?
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question, uh, Rick. We um, generally treat bipolar disorder with a combination of medications um, and therapy. And a lot of the medications we have work quite well. Um, they do, of course, sometimes cause side effects. Um, that a a good psychiatrist partners with their patients on to to work through to find a combination that works well for them. Um, But sometimes we find that, you know, especially when it comes to depression and bipolar disorder, we find that a lot of our current treatments don't work that well or they don't work well enough. So one of the things that we knew going into this study is we wanted to look at insulin resistance, as a source of that non-response to medication, that non-response to treatment, um, and thinking, you know, maybe if we could reverse insulin resistance, which is really common in bipolar disorder, um, you know, we could have an impact um, and maybe the medications, the treatments that the patient would already, uh, that they were already on would work better.
0: Dr. Chengappa, as we go back to you for this next question, this paper that was just published just last week came out in the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. And yeah. the results that you and Dr. Gannon are involved in, as well as some some researchers in Canada, what did the paper find? And, and how is this changing thinking in this area? So
1: I think this is like a crucial question, Rick, because, you know, so far we've been treating Um, bipolar illness with medications that typically change the chemistry of the brain, Um, not dissimilar to, say, treating depression, but with other types of meds or treating schizophrenia with yet other types of meds, trying to get at the underlying cause as to what is driving this depression and the resistance to the treatment that was working before. So insulin resistance is Almost like a pre diabetes. I think the way to think about it is you're not quite diabetic, you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And if you could reverse that, because insulin is not just things that happen with sugar on the outside, it of course affects the brain. And so, if you could reverse that, maybe you could get the medicines to work again, just as Dr. Gannon was pointing out. So, what we found was we used this medicine metformin that's on the WHO list of 100 most essential medicines. And we resensitized about half the people um, back to their insulin working. And in doing so, we suddenly began to find that their depression improved, their anxiety improved, their general functioning improved uh, by quite a substantial amount. It's typically treatment resistant bipolar depression, as Dr. Cannon said, barely budges and you can't move the needle. So it was a nice surprise finding, to be honest.
0: When we look at this, Jessica, and we hear the term metabolic psychology, it begs the question for me as a layperson. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we think that the brain controls so much of the body and organ function and things like that, why would the metabolism and the body also not go hand in hand with the brain as it comes to psychiatric evaluations? Does, does that make sense? I mean, yeah. are they no, not it makes linked? makes total
2: sense. I and mean, I think that there's a tendency even among, um, medical professionals to think of the mind and body as somewhat separate. And we, we know that's not the case. Um, you know, for years we've, we in the field have appreciated that thyroid disease, um, can have a powerful impact on, on mood. And so we often screen for thyroid disease and, and, and studies like this are making us think more and more, uh, that we need to look into other systems as well. And, um, to so the body's metabolism of glucose, we know, is, is one thing we need to look more closely at.
0: And obviously then insulin as it goes along with that and sensitivity as well. Doctors, thank you very much for being here and helping us to, to at least scratch the surface of this and begin to have a little better understanding of the work that you're doing. And congratulations on the publication that came out last week. Thank Thank you so much. Thank
1: you for inviting us.
0: You're very welcome. Dr. Roy Chengapa and also Dr. Allison Gannon joining us from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine the Department of Psychiatry, two of the authors of that paper.